Hallelujah. Thank God for this morning. Amen. You know, this morning I was praying. Well, this morning was like, no, not praying. I was laying in my bed. And I, I'm, I'm making, my, making in my mind to hear from God. I want to know what the Lord has to say. And I'm not, listen, we could come up with all kinds of messages. I mean, we could pre-plan. So I think I'll preach this. And I think I'll preach this. And I'll pre- but that's not what I'm looking for this morning. I was praying and, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And, you know, he gave me this little title. When God Speaks. Now, what is that about? You know, as a Christian, I'm learning every day. I have to depend on the voice of God. God's not just sitting up there in his throne and, 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 and letting us wing it. <laughs> or just by chance you might hit something. I want to hear what God has to say. And the problem we have as Christians, we don't listen hard enough. Come on, somebody. We get caught up in our own little worlds and our own little fad and our own little religion. And we're forgetting something about God. He speaks. And we're sitting there and we're guessing what God wants us to do. And we're guessing what God wants us to say to us. But we're never listening. Somebody say amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to show you something this morning. You know what? I was thinking about this message, and, I, and I, I was going all the way to the book of Genesis in the cha- first chapter. You don't have to turn there. I'm just going to paraphrase for you. I listened to God speak in Genesis. He said, and God said, <laughs> come on, somebody. I thought about that. God said that let there be light. And there was. And he goes all the way to when he created man, he created all the trees, and he created animals, he created the oceans, he created the universe. And it's all because he said it. And I started looking, and I said, wait a minute. Some, we're missing something in the church. God is speaking to the body. God is saying something. I don't know about you. I feel it more. God is saying something to you. We, we, we were so busy trying to be religious, we're forgetting that God is speaking to you. God is telling, he said, God said, let there be light. Let the firmaments bring forth in the heavens, the stars, the, the sun, the, 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 the moon. All of this stuff was created because God thought about it. <laughs> Listen, I don't, know, I don't know about you, that excites me. Oh, I went to church 20 years ago, and the preacher said, if you don't know Jesus, that's all great. That's right. You need to start with, you know, with confessing your sins, coming to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But we never think about who God is. This being we call God, the magnificent power and glory he possessed is unreal. I can't fabricate that in my mind. I can't even imagine the glory and power he possessed because he said it. Even right now, the, uh, scientists are trying to measure the universe. And, 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 and when I look at it, you know, you know what the light year is? You ever heard of that term, the light year? The reason why they developed the light year is because there's no way they can number in miles how big the universe is. So they developed the light year to teach us that, how, you know, how fast light moves. In a, in a period of a year, light moves at 186,000 miles per second. As quick as you snap your finger, light can go around the whole earth. 
to travel from the sun, I mean, from the, the sun to the earth about eight minutes. The nearest star to us is Alpha Centauri. I'm going to say that right. Light has traveled 186,000 miles per second for four years. I'm talking about 86,000 mile, literal miles every second. To go across the Milky Way where we have our, our solar system in, light has to travel 186,000 miles per second for 100 million years. <laughs> Look, you can hold a penny up arm land in a certain part of the sky or even a grain of sand. You can cover 1,500 galaxies bigger than ours. I said to myself, and this is the God we worship? Have you ever thought about God that way? The magnificent power and glory that he possessed. He said it. He, he, when he said it, he brought all the molecules together, all the atoms together, all the proteins and, and whatever you call it in the scientific term. I don't know them all, but he brought everything together in perfect balance, in perfect unity. The universe is moving at a certain pace in, 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 in time, and, and, and everything is, 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 is equipped and balanced to, so we can have life on this planet. <laughs> Gravity from different galaxies. I'm not talking about solar system. I'm talking about galaxies with billions of stars in it. It's like a time clock. It all pulls everything even and, 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 and balances everything together <laughs> so we can have life on this planet. Oh, I thought God was just six foot six and he sits on a throne and that's all he does. No, no. He's a powerful being. And when God says something, you better listen. Come on, somebody. Turn with me to 1 Kings, real quick, chapter 19. How big is your God? <laughs> Come on, somebody. How big is your God? 1 Kings, chapter 19. We're looking at Elijah. Elijah had just got into a battle with the 400 prophets of Baal. If you ever read the first Kings, Elijah had told King Ahab, he said, it ain't going to rain until I said it. I say it's going to rain. A drought that filled the land of Israel. And they were scrapping for a little bit of water. And, 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 and they didn't have no water. The animals would die and everything was bad. So Elijah, <laughs> Elijah got in this conflict with these false prophets that were, that were uh, the prophets of Jezebel, Ahab's pagan wife. So they got in this battle and all of a sudden Elijah said, well, I'll tell you what we're going to do. So we're going to make an altar. You make your altar, I'll make my altar. And the God that answers by fire, let him be God. So what happened? This contest started, right? <laughs> they had all these, these false prophets and they had Elijah by himself. And these, these false prophets, look, they were some big time religion pe religious people. They knew how to try to make Baal or the false god of Baal. And listen, they got together and they, they built their altar and they started cutting themselves. And they were dancing and hollering like a bunch of nuts. And they went on and they went on and Elijah's just sitting there. <laughs> Nothing's happened. Then after a while, Elijah mocks him. He says, where's, where's Ahab? Where, where's uh, Baal? 
maybe he's sleeping. <laughs> Elijah's mocking him. He said, maybe, maybe Baal is going on vacation somewhere. <laughs> maybe, maybe Baal he went fishing. <laughs> I don't know. He didn't say that, but I, <laughs> he mocked them. So Elijah said, well, y'all, y'all did y'all thing? Okay, y'all finish. Elijah went, he, he put an altar to the Lord, and he dug a trench around it. And he filled it with water. Water was scarce. You, you couldn't waste water. And Elijah dumped barrels of water into this trench around this altar. And he called upon the name of the Lord. Fire came down and consumed it. Licked the water, licked the altar, took everything with it. And he had the 400 prophets of Jezebel and Ahab murdered and when Jezebel found out about it, she said, I'm going to kill you, just like you killed my prophets. And he took off running. He was running from Jezebel. So he was running, and, and he, he came to the Mount of God, where Moses brought, they believe Moses received the law. And he's up there, and, he's, and God tells Elijah, what are you doing here? <laughs> so where, where, where are you going, big bad prophet? Come on, you're running from a little woman. <laughs> Sometimes we run, we run when we don't need to run, okay? And the Lord says, well, Lord, they've killed all your prophets, and I'm left alone. He said, you're not the only one left. I left 7,000 men that hasn't bowed their knee. Listen, you're not the only one serving God this morning. You're not the only one making a decision for righteousness. You're not the only one standing for the kingdom of God. Sometimes it feels like that. <laughs> But you're not. So all of a sudden, the Lord starts shaking Elijah up a little bit. I want to read you this passage real quick. Elijah's in this mountain, okay? The same mountain, they say Moses received the Ten Commandments, okay? And all of a sudden, in verse uh, 11 of chapter 19 of 1 Kings, It says, then he said, and said, and this is God, go out, stand on the mountain before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passes by. And Elijah, Elijah's moving, and he says, God's going to pass by, okay? Telling Elijah this. And a great strong wind tore the mountain and broke the rocks in pieces. Now look, we as Christians say, well, if we see fire, we see the ground shaking, we see big miracles take place, then, then God's with us. What did the Lord tell him? You, all, God was trying to show Elijah a message. Because if you're looking for the rocks to split and the wind, the wind to blow and all that mighty stuff to happen. He said, God, I said, I'm not, I'm not in that. <laughs> huh? Wait. You mean all this miracle stuff that's happening, you're not in that? God's trying to show him something. If you're looking for some great fire to fall down and some great miracles and splitting rocks to, rocks to split. He says this. And he said, breaking the rock in pieces, the Lord said, I'm a fin- I'm, but the Lord was not in the wind and, and the wind and the earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. The ground started shaking. After the earthquake, the fire, but the Lord was not in the fire and after the fire, a still, small voice. 
I heard that voice last night. I heard it. I was in my bedroom. I'm telling James, I was asking about it. I was hearing it. And it, it just dealt with me. Last night, I could hear God say something. When God speaks, come on. Are we here listening? Are we hearing? When I'm talking about, listen, you know what fogs God's voice a lot of times? All of our troubles. Our, our sicknesses, COVID, uh, our, our, our lost loved ones. It always, there's always something to, to fog up that, that voice. But God is greater than COVID. God is greater than the devil. God is greater than mankind. God controls the universe. Elijah said he heard the still small voice of God. What does God sound like? Well, well, what did, well listen, he, he, the thunder was happening, but God said, I'm not in, in that. He said, what does God's voice sound like? It's a still small voice and says, Red, Ray, Christine, I'm sorry, Christine. All of us, I have a message for you. The Bible says Elijah wrapped his head in his mantle or his clothes, and he fell on his face before God. God spoke to Elijah. God said, this is my, this is, this is, you're looking for something that I'm not in. And I'm all for miracles, and I'm all for ground shaking, and I, I think God does that at times. But we're looking for something to shake before we can hear from God, and it's not going to happen that way. It's when you listen for the voice of God. I'm going to tell you what God's voice is. I'm going to be honest. He's going to reprove you. He's going to correct you. He's going to encourage you. That's the whole thing about God. Listen, we don't want to talk about sin no more in the church. Listen, I'm going to you to turn with me to Exodus real quick, and I have it written down here. Exodus chapter... Uh, nine, well, let's start chapter 20. And I'm going to read you a few verses. I'm going to ask you a question. When's the last time you heard God? Come on. Well, I've been kind of going away from him lately. Well, you better go back to him. Because God speaks. Okay? And, I, and, 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 and I'm going to start in chapter 20, verse 18. This was an incident where Moses had brought the children of God to the Mount Sinai. This is where God was going to give the commandments to the children of Israel, okay? And that no doubt they were saying, Moses, you, you, you're not more righteous than us. I mean, come on. Uh, there, there comes, uh, there comes the, uh, uh, I can't think of his name right off. <laughs> Dayton and, and, and uh, what's the other one? Uh, Korah. They come to God, and they come to Moses and said, you're not the only one who can hear from God. We can hear from God, too. We're all holy. But they wasn't. They were fighting God. They were, they were, they were, they were, not, fought, they were not listening to the man of God, Moses. So we want to hear God ourselves, okay? okay? This mountain, we had borders. He had set borders. You couldn't get close to God. Only one could go to God was Moses. And, and he set these borders up, and he said, you tell the people. They crossed them borders. They're going to die. So God, God says, do you want to hear from me? Okay, all right. Do you want to hear my voice? He said, you go tell them, don't sleep with their wives, don't go in bed with their wives, and keep themselves pure. And the third day, I'm going to speak to them. And what he had to tell them, 
wasn't something they wanted to hear because they were committing sin. God gave them the Ten Commandments. Gave them all the Ten Commandments. And all of a sudden, the ground started shaking. The clouds started building. I mean, the fire started. I mean, things were happening. And they were sitting. They were afraid. They said, wait a minute. Oh, we don't want to go this far with God. How many want to go further with God this morning? And, and listen, they didn't want to go. They just wanted, they, they wanted to hear God themselves. Okay, God's going to speak to you, okay? He says in verses uh, 18, they're at this mountain. I want you to get a picture of that in your mind. They're at this mountain. God is moving. The, the ground is shaking. Fire is coming down. Amen. God, the smoke fills the mountain. And now all the people witnessed the thundering and the lightning Flashing, the sounds of the trumpet, and the mountain smoked. <laughs> Come on, this is some serious stuff. <laughs> and when the people saw it, they trembled and stood far off. Oh, they backed off. Wait, we weren't asking God to be like this. We thought God was this nice, loving God and and he was going to pat us on the back and say how good we were and how nice we were. And, and you know, he's going to love us. I'm going to tell you something. God is an angry God. As much love as he has, he hates sin. And he's not going to take sin and pat it on the back. God is a holy God, a just God. And he's going to judge sin. He gave the Ten Commandments for what reason? He wanted you to know who he is and who his, what his character was like. And when God started speaking, <laughs> she probably broke the Ten Commandments to them. And they're listening to God speak out his own, own word. His own, like I said before, those are not ten opinions. That's not what God thinks you ought to do. That's a commandment. Thus said the Lord. God didn't change his mind about adultery. God didn't change his mind about idolatry. God didn't change his mind about lust. It's still the same sin today. The only difference we have is the blood of Jesus. You better hold on to that blood because without it, you're doomed. There's no hope without the blood of Jesus. That is what salvation is about. That's what God is saving you from. That's what Jesus is saving you from. And they said in a big bad dudes, they were going to come before God. All right, we're going to hear God ourselves. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> when that trumpet sounds, listen, that thing blew through those mountains, man. God, the, the ground was shaking. I mean, smoke coming out of the mountain. I mean, things were happening. And they backed off. What did they say? Moses, you speak to God for us. <laughs> we'll listen to you. <laughs> Ooh. I don't know about you, but that scares the living hell out of me, praise God. To sit, we can sit, God's our buddy, God's our chum, God's our this. No, God is God, and he's holy, and he's just. He loves you. He sent his son to die on the cross. But don't think for a minute God is some wimp, amen, that can't prove who he is. <laughs> oh, man, what a powerful God we serve. I don't know about you, but it stirs something in me. Listen, I want to see God in his glory. I want to see God in his power. I don't want to see this wimpy God that people have been preaching, this God is still the same. What he felt back then, he feels today. Praise God. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Where would you be 
if it wasn't for the blood? Where would you be if it wasn't for that sacrifice at Calvary 2,000 years ago? Where would you be if Jesus wouldn't have died? You'd be dead, hallelujah. There'd be no hope for mankind. You better thank God because when he sees that, when he sees sin, he sees corruption. He sees division from separating him from you, from you. Thank God for the blood. Okay, let me read a little bit more. Then Moses said, well, they, they said to Moses, speak to us, and we will hear you. But let not God speak with us. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> oh, scared. <laughs> they were running for their lives. Listen, God wants to fellowship with you. He doesn't want you to draw away from him. He wants to, he wants to share with you. He wants to fellowship with you. But he's not going to fellowship with you as long as you run from him. Listen, you're going to have to. They just prior, but they gave the Ten Commandments. They laid, God laid out what he wanted. And if you're going to follow me, if you're going to serve me, you're going to obey those Ten Commandments. Come on, somebody. They ran. John, chapter 10. Bear with me, I'm going to lay some foundation. <laughs> John chapter 10. John is one of my favorite books in the Bible. You see, most people today don't see God like I'm explaining to you, you today. If you've got sin in your life, you better, get, you better get it right. Because judgment is coming. Listen, I'm, I want everybody in this building today to get, be saved and serving the Lord with their, their lives. Am I perfect? No. But I'm telling you, what, there's a time when if I sin before God, I won't sleep. Because there's something inside of me. Can't accept my sin in my life. Because the Holy Spirit in me is dealing with me. What separates you from God? Sin. What will draw you from the Lord? What will stop you from going to him? Sin. Moses came with those Ten Commandments. And I'm going to just briefly say this. Excuse me. He came out of the mountain with those Ten Commandments. And God told him before, he says, your people down are corrupting themselves. They would made the golden calf. They were worshiping it. They even called it after God. What a blast. They just heard. Thou shalt not make unto you any graven image. They ran from him. Now Moses goes up 40 days and 40 nights, and God gives him the Ten Commandments. And he comes, and, and God is up there with Moses, and all of a sudden, God is God's telling Moses, those people that we just spoke to, they're corrupting themselves. It didn't take long. Sin, listen, it don't take long for a human heart to, to, to denounce God's word. Said so they're corrupting themselves. Moses went down. Listen, he had the Ten Commandments in his hands. He goes and he sees that golden calf, and the anger of God rose up in Moses. And he took those Ten Commandments and he broke them on the ground. Did he break them because he was angry? I'll tell you why he broke them. Because he, he administered grace. Because if he had admitted and applied those Ten Commandments to those people, there wasn't one of them that should have been alive. 
They'd have been doomed. So he, he broke them in, the, in the act of grace because they'd have been all dead. Because God had just already said in the law, if you, if you take my name in vain, you're put to death. If you commit adultery, you're put to death. You know what I'm saying? If you, all these sins were, 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 were penalty of death. Come on, somebody. Moses acted on grace. Because if he'd, he'd applied those Ten Commandments right there, none of them would have lived. God help us. And God is speaking to his church. How many times God has told you something and you you didn't do it? I'm guilty. And you know what? And when that happens, I feel myself getting colder and further away from God. Because God ain't changed his mind. Let me tell you what's the problem with the church. There's no fear in the church for God. We then preach the fear of God right out of the church. We have preached faith right out of the church. We have made people think that just belonging to church is enough to save you. That's great. And you ought to be in church. That's a commandment. Do not forsake the assembling of yourself together as a man of some is. So, but it, but it, when you start teaching, if I go to church, then I'm going to heaven. No, no, no. That don't make you, like going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger. Come on. You're here because you want to know God. You're here because you want to hear his voice. You're here because, not my voice. God's voice. God's trying to give you a voice. He uses the preacher. I'm not the message. I'm the messenger. Jesus is the message. Today I stand as a representative of Jesus Christ, giving his message. I didn't make this message up. God made it. God gave an answer. So when the preacher speaks in the anointing of the Holy Ghost, it's the Holy Spirit speaking. Not me. I'm only the vessel. Come on, somebody. I may be a cracked pot, but I'm still a vessel. <laughs> but God is speaking, okay? Verse 1 says, Most assuredly I say unto you, He who does not enter in to the sheepfold by the door, but climbing up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. What does that mean? It means that a shepherd has a, a corral, and he, he builds up, and he, and he gathers all his sheep in that corral. And, but there's only one way to get in. It's through the door. Jesus is the door. Come on, somebody. It's not this church or the Baptist church or the Pentecostal church or the Catholic church. Jesus is the door. It's where we get in. You try to climb up some other way. You try to go to some other method. Hallelujah. You're not coming in. That'll preach. As much as prayer is wonderful. If you try to climb through prayer, if you try to come through coming to church, if you try to, listen, I want everybody, I want this church full. But this church is not the door. It's there to feed you. It's a spiritual hospital. My Lord Jesus. To give you a word that you can grow on. Wonderful as the Bible is, you can read this Bible and go to hell. Because you're not receiving, you just don't as a religious practice. Let me tell you something. You'll go to hell with reading the Bible if you don't receive what it says. Matter of fact, you're more in danger. It's better you don't know than after you know to turn away from it. It's like a dog going back to his own vomit again. A pig that was washed, falling back in the mire or going back to the mud. Listen, you could take a pig out of the mud. You could wash him in soap and water and put some perfume, put some little buns in his head, little bowls. 
When men you let him go, where he's going? <laughs> Is it true? You ever, I don't want to get gross this morning. You ever seen a dog eat his own vomit? But that's what backsliding on God is like. Oh, Lord, give me some good, clean food. <laughs> that, that's what it's like. It's better you don't know. So none of you in this place got, a, got an excuse. You know. But he said this, verse 2. But he who enters by the door... <laughs> is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. I'm going to share something. You know, I'm, not, I'm pretty sure I know everybody in here. But you know, the, the voice will never tell you to find the nearest honky-tonk. The voice will never tell you to do things contrary to what God says. Come on, somebody. You know, the Bible calls adultery a sin. The Bible calls drunkenness a sin. The Bible calls lying and stealing a sin. The Bible says if you place something above God, that's idolatry. You have broken the first commandment. So that's still, that's still God. You know, we're so caught up. God is love, love, love. And that's true. But it also says God hates he that shed innocent blood. What's more innocent than a little baby dying inside of a mother, tearing it apart? What's, God hates this stuff. God is not pleased with what you see today. I'm going to use this as an app. Let you suppose everybody in America is born again. Let's just pretend for a minute that everybody knows God. Do you think we'd have the mess we'd have today? Listen, it's not the Republicans the problem. It's not the Democrats the problem. It's the church the problem. When people of God don't want to do what God says anymore. My Lord, I better preach something else. (laughs) Come on. It says in verse 4, And when he brings, brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. What does God's voice sound like? Christine? No, I'm losing. Yeah, I'm, Christine, follow God. Serve me with all your heart, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's the voice of God. That's what I was meaning. And the same thing for everyone in here. God says, I honor your father and mother. That's God's voice. God says, don't make any graven image of any likeness of anything on the earth, not in heaven, not on the earth, and neither beneath the waters. You can't make a, a he says, don't make you a similitude of a female or a male. So when people pray to marry the statues, they're breaking God's commandment. Because there's no commandment in the Bible. It says, verse tells you not to do it. Mary's in heaven, God, godly woman. Did a great work for God, but she's not God. To make an image to Mary... It's to break that very commandment. That's idolatry. And sit there and pray to Joseph or, or, or anything, even a statue of Jesus. It's idolatry. He said, don't do it. Does God change his mind? God's still the same yesterday, today, and forever? Now, see, the thing about sin, Jesus is the, Jesus is the sacrifice. And when he's going to go, when I'm going to get to heaven, he's going to say, Lanny, 
What did you do with Jesus? I made an atonement. I made a way. That sin was paid for. If you don't see the blood, you're going down. Away from God. You're going to pay an eternity in hell. That this man, he, he had died. <laughs> well, he was, no, before he died, he said, told his wife, he said, when I die, I want you to put my money in the attic. And when I die, I go up, I'll grab it and take it with me. <laughs> so, so he died. And the wife went up there and the money was still there. She said, he must have went the other way. <laughs> Must have went the other way. <laughs> Can't take your money with you, man. Job said, naked I've come into this world, and naked I'm going to go out. <laughs> Blessed be the name of the Lord. <laughs> Listen, I like humor, okay? God made me a pastor, so he must have some humor in him. <laughs> but he said, you got to listen for his voice. You know his voice. You know the voice of the Lord. <laughs> okay. I'm going to read you a verse. You don't have to turn it. Just close your Bibles for a minute. And you want to write it down on the paper, that's fine. I like this verse in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Who's that? Jesus. I knock. If anyone hears my voice, and open the door, I will come to him and dine with him. <laughs> I like that verse. <laughs> Knock, and it will be open. Seek, you shall find. Acts, and it will be given to you. God is calling, and when we hear his voice, we'll come in and we'll dine with him. We'll, we'll sup with you. God is calling us to a place of relationship and fellowship with him. Well, I don't want to get that close to God because you may, might make, stop doing some things. He will. <laughs> I hate to lie to you. I could sit there and make you feel good while you're at, but if you want to serve God, things are going to change. I can guarantee you. I know. I've been in that boat. And still in the boat. <laughs> don't let anybody believe, oh, you just come to Jesus and everything will be all right. Don't worry about your life now. You, you're safe in the hands of God. Don't you have to change nothing. That's the biggest crock that ever come down the religious pipe, amen. I'm going to tell you something. The Holy Ghost comes in your life, you're going to change. If God comes to live in that heart, something's going to happen, praise God. It ain't going to just be say, well, I'm nice. I mean, God is like this. Hallelujah. No, you ain't God. is not like this, praise God. <laughs> Thus says the Lord, he's not changed his mind. <laughs> oh, my God, I better stop preaching. <laughs> we got a few here might have less. <laughs> Hallelujah. God has changed his mind. <laughs> Let me see. I got some more to read. Hallelujah. Okay. Verse 5. Yet they will not by no means... Follow a stranger. Talking about the sheep, okay? They will no way follow a stranger. They know the voice of the shepherd. If you go ahead and read that, I like chapter 10 of John. You need to read it. He says, a hireling will flee. What that means, somebody's hired to do the job, right? Somebody given, just paid to take care of the sheep. 
when the wolves come, he'll run. He's just, he's just a paid pawn. And a lot of, like a lot of preachers like that today in the religious realm is just paid pawns, bro. Yeah. They'll run when the, when the sheep are being attacked by the wolves. But the sheep, the sheep, the shepherd will give his life for his sheep. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> Thank God Jesus is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He making me to lie down in green pastures. He leading me beside the steel. Well, yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for the Lord is with me. Thy rod and thy staff comfort me. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. God is our good God. God is a don't, don't, you know, Listen, we're living in a time where we need the shepherd, praise God. He's going to watch over us. He's going to defend us and protect us. He is our shepherd. He won't leave you. Come on, somebody. We leave him. We'll go, we'll go graze in another pasture somewhere that the shepherd had told you not to go. Somebody said, you know what? Over there, I mean, that grass is greener. The, preacher, the shepherd don't know what he's talking Yeah, but there might be a cesspool underneath that thing. Because a lot of green, a lot of, they got, they, a serpent. Cesspools produce green grass, but there's still a cesspool. Fall in there, you, you're in trouble. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it says, open the door, I will come in to him, and I will dine with him, and he with me. Jesus said in John 14, verse 23, he says, Jesus answered and said unto him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my, and my father will love him, and he will come to him. And make our home with him. Now, it's just, listen, praise God. That's the only way you're going to be able to fellowship with God if you keep his word. When God speaks, how does he speak most of the time? Through this. You know? I told a brother one day, he's a preacher, he said, you got to judge your church based on what this book says. If this, if this book says it, it's right. And man, you got preachers say, yeah, but you know, I got, we got special revelations and special, special prophecies getting, if it ain't in this book, it ain't from God. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't care what kind of special revelation, I don't care how many angels they see, I don't care how, how, how spiritual they might be. If it ain't in this book, you can write it off. It's, it ain't of God. If God ain't said it, it's a lie. Let, let God be true, the Bible says, and every, every man be a lie. If God ain't spoken it, it's not, it's not right. That's why I'm very critical to what I listen or, or hear. And I'm troubled about some things I'm hearing from big-time preachers. I'm starting to notice some things, and, and it's uncomfortable because I know some of what the Bible says. I know the Bible's the glory that, to be given is for, to the Lord, not to man. I'm a big, <laughs> big against Name ministries. I don't think it's right that a man puts his name on that ministry and calls it my ministry. That's God's ministry. I don't think a man should put a title, so-and-so ministries or so-and-so ministries. I, I, I don't like it. This is God's ministry. This church is not mine. <laughs> I got some people mad at me one time when I said that. This is not my church. This is God's church. I'm only the vessel that he uses. He can do what he wants here. So that's why 
when the church goes through trials and we don't see as much as we, I'm starting to let it bother me that much. Because I know God's responsible. I'm only responsible to be here and be where he wants me. He's going to do the rest. See, Elijah was running from Jezebel. That's not where God wanted him. You go stand for me. Should have stood up against these ungodly people. But he ran. Hallelujah. Amen. Somebody say ouch or something. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 1 19 says this. God is faithful by whom you are called into the fellowship of his son. Okay. Jesus Christ our Lord. Called faithful to do what? To draw you into fellowship with his son. Listen. People go to church. And, and, and listen. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to judge people. But they go to church for the wrong reason. They go to church to think that's what God wants. And he wants you here. Don't get me wrong. You got to be in church, man. Don't tell me you, you can go to church and, and still serve God without serving. Listen, church is here. It's, a, it's like I said, it's a spiritual hospital. We give spiritual medicine here. The church is sick. I'm talking about the body of Christ. I'm talking about necessarily. I'm talking about in general. You know what I'm saying? It's preaching another Jesus and it's preaching another gospel. Most preachers are not going to stand up today. And tell you what I told you. Because their churches are too big. They don't want to get nobody nervous. They, they, they like the comfort, comfort of the church. They like the security of it. So they won't tell you about sin. They won't tell you about praying and obeying God and, 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 and serving the Lord. They're just going to make you think it's good. I heard one preacher the other day. And listen, it's sickening me to the stomach. He's up there and he's with his pretty hair cut and, and his teeth white. And he says, well, I'm blessed. I'm, I'm getting younger. I, 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 I'm, I'm prospering. I, I'm everything good. I'm going to be honest with you. I ain't perfect. And I wish I was getting younger, but I'm not. And you, you, you should have heard this baloney. He had a lot of baloney in his pack. Just, just. Worship me. I got everything. It's me. It's about me. I'm blessed. I'm, listen, I don't want to. Listen, there's not, God wants to bless you. There's nothing wrong with being blessed. There's nothing wrong with prospering. But you know, when you make it about you, you make it about you, then we missed it. I am blessed. Me and my wife, listen, we, we have a business. We go through struggles. Like, like now, it's slow and money goes out, and God, but God brings it right back. Listen, God hasn't failed me one time, not one time. But it's not about me. I mean, he preached that sermon like he, he, he was the only one God was blessing on the earth. I had one preacher. Listen, I, you're going to find him, okay? He had, was preaching and he says, whatever you say, you can have it. Speak those things that are not. As if are. And that's balancing that. And he was, <laughs> for his part, they had some people that were bald-headed in his church. And he says, you put your hand on your head and say, hair, come grow. <laughs> I'm not lying to you. I'm not. And look, they had one guy in there. He said, he said, look how stupid I look. You can see it in his lip. What am I doing? 
Now, if God wants to give you brand new hair, that's his business. I had to miss indeed. I said, Lord, put some teeth back in my mouth. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> you know, we think, <laughs> we think we can make God do what we, we want him to do. You can't. I believe you have to speak things into your life. Listen, power of life and death in the tongue, okay? Not in how much hair you got in your head. But power of life and death... I'm not joking with you. Then people had their bald headed men had their hands on their, on their head. <laughs> Listen, God wants you. You want to believe God for some brand new hair? Go at it. If you can have faith, he'll put it there. <laughs> but it's just the idea what I'm saying. God is not, God is not in. Come on, Jesus. Do you think that preacher was hearing from God? How many people were sitting in that church was a million miles from the Lord? How many people you think were living in sin? He has thousands of people go to his church. Thousands. And he's going to sit there and, and, and <laughs> prophesy. Listen, I am all for faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. I'm all, I believe all that stuff. I, that's not what I'm saying. But if, if you can speak anything into existence, why are them hospitals full of sick people? Go empty them. He was hollering. The same guy. He was coven. He was praying. I command you in the name of Jesus to, just, to go away. And all of a sudden he said, Lord, and I speak a good vaccine for them to use. I said, you just told, you just told people that you can speak anything. You're, trying, you're speaking COVID disease out and you're praying for a vaccine? Out of the same mouth. And I love these people. They said, I'm not telling you something I prayed for. Seriously, I have. I prayed for them. I've asked God to save them. These people, men don't know God. Because they're misusing, they're getting filthy rich off of poor people that can't hardly make it. And the only one that's prospering is them. And God helped me. Listen, I, I got angry when I saw that. I said, is that what's coming to you? I mean, it's little preachers like me and a few others that, you know, we have to work. And I'm not, listen, I don't mind, my back's feeling it, but I'm going to continue as long as God says. But you know what? God can take care of me, Brother Allen. He can give me the things I want, and he has. I've seen a lot of money come to me and my wife. We, had to, we, we, we went back and put it in our business. We go down, go up. Go down, go up. But God has never failed me. But I don't believe God wants you to drive a $200,000 car. Hallelujah. If that's what you desire is to have the best car and the best house and the best money and hair on your head, <laughs> you miss something. That's, I'm talking about the voice of God. The church in America is sick. The head is sick. The leaders are sick. And I'm not saying that in a bad spirit. Listen to me. I pray for them. But now as Christians, we need to understand this is what we need to be listening to. Amen? This is the voice of God. You know what is the will of God? His word. How do you know what God says? Gonna say, through his word. I'm almost finished, y'all. Praise God. How do you thank God for this morning? Listen, it, it really gets me upset when I start thinking about these men that could. Janice said, Lane, your blood pressure is going to go up. <laughs> uh, I want to be blessed. You need to be blessed. God's going to bless you, okay? That's not what I'm talking about. When he gets down, when you think you can speak hair onto somebody's head, you got a problem. That's not what he's talking about. And 
God wants to put hair on your head, that's fine. <laughs> you want to believe God's part? You, you won't get hair if you can really believe it. But it's not, that's not, and you, they're doing this kind of stuff. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let me read this, and I'm going to close, okay? In John chapter 15, verse 4, it says, Abide in me, and I in you. What does that mean? You have to abide in Jesus, okay? As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, neither can you if you abide in the vine. You got to abide in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. <laughs> I'll tell you straight out. <laughs> without me, unless you're connected into the, the vine of Jesus, I'm the branch, he's the vine. He's the one that produces the nourishment. Amen? He's the one that produces the life. I'm just the fruit of what he produces. Amen? And if, if I'm, if I'm going to produce fruit, I've got produ- to produce more fruit. A branch that doesn't bear fruit on that tree, you know what they do? Cut it. Prune it. Because it's drawing life away from the plant. If you don't cut it, it'll kill the rest of the plant. The Bible says a little leaven, a leaven the whole lump. What is leaven? Leaven is a symbolic of sin. You know, when a preacher can sit, let people sit in his church and let sin continue in it, you know what I'm saying? It's going to kill the rest of the church. Me and my wife have been married 40 years. <laughs> and we got married young. 18 and 17. If it wouldn't have been for Jesus, we wouldn't be married today. I'll just be blatant, honest with you. But when God started speaking in our lives, we had prosperity. We have children, grandchildren. One wife for life. And I'm not knocking people. And sometimes divorce happens, okay? Divorce is a forgivable sin, okay? Sometimes you might have went through a divorce and it wasn't because of you, Okay? But God said you're to have one wife or one husband. The scriptures are clear, clear that when, when, when it was a deacon was called in the church, he was to be the husband of one wife. Why did he tell it? Because that's the symbolic of the relationship with God. You understand what I'm saying? I'm married to my wife, but if I am not in fellowship with him, I can't be in fellowship with her. What if you, you, you and your wife got this kind of mentality? Well, we, we live together. We're married, but uh, he goes his way. I go my way. Uh, we don't bother each other. I get up and have my own checking account. He has his own checking account. and uh, we, we just live in the same house. <laughs> what kind of relationship marriage is that? Is there any life in that? That We have to be one. So if I'm one with God, I'm one with her. Because that's what, the way God wants it. I told that before, but years ago I preached a message about 
I know what kind of relationship you have with your wife on how you, with God on how you treat your wife. <laughs> so if you treat your wife like dirt, that's the kind of relationship you have with God. And I got some people mad at me. I'm going to tell you. Ask my wife. Who's there? Listen. Because they had these spiritual giants in the church that thought they knew something. there, And they would push their wives out like silently with nothing. Don't tell me you love God if you don't love your wife. The Bible says to love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. I asked myself, do I love my wife? The Lord spoke to me. He said, would you die for her? I said, in a heartbeat. Then yeah. I <laughs> Then you love. That's, love is sacrifice. See, God, Jesus died for our sin. He offered his own life as a sacrifice to prove his love toward us. I don't know about you, uh, but I wouldn't give my sons or daughters to die for you. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to lie to you. I wouldn't give my son or daughters, sons or daughters, to sacrifice for you. I love you. But I I ain't going that far because I love my children more. (laughs) Oh, you don't sound like a little preacher. (laughs) Let me tell you something. Don't lie to me and say you put your kids before me or me before your children. You be lying through your teeth. You know why? Because that's your child. And that's how God feels about us. Come on, somebody. God is going to put us before that world because we're his children and he loves us. And that's the word of the Lord. That's not what I say. That's what grace is about. Amen. Y'all stay up, praise God. We're going to get back on this one day again. <laughs> I don't know about you, but there's times I frustrate God. I grieve His Spirit. And you know why? Because He's telling me to do something, and I'm not doing it. You know what I'm saying? He'll tell me to get up, Lanny. I want you to... Get up in the morning and pray. Hey, every morning, bro, I'm not lying to you, Rick. The Lord told me about two years ago, he said, I want you to give me a time and a place. I want you to give me a time and a place. And 4.30 in the morning, I started that. And I'm not lying to you, my wife's there. I'm, 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 it's never missed yet. I get up, my eyes up, I'm, the clock is around 4.30, a little before. So I drag her around, and I wash my face. You know, and you know, I get to talking to the Lord about half an hour later, and, and, and I feel something. I said, that's not what the time. And he hears me, thank God. But he, he opens my eyes at around 4.30 every morning. Bro, I'm not lying to you. She's there. But we got a big old one of them digital clock deals. And I open my eyes. There it is. And it hasn't missed. I got to be really, really tired. But late, he's been doing it. He said, you told me, son. I told you, give me a time and a place. And I got my little place between my window. And most of you heard me talk about that. And I sit there and I just, nobody's, everybody's asleep and the world's sleeping. And I can talk to him. There ain't much distraction. I put my, my head on a plane of that glass by the window and I, and I just pray. And things happen. My Lord, I feel his presence here. <laughs> Find you a time. Give God a time and a place. And I'm going to tell you all something right now. Delilah, he hears you. Make that commitment, all of us in here, that you're going to find a place with God. Where, where, listen, it's easy to pray when nobody's up. When I, when, I, when I get up too late, I'm trying to pray, 
Isaac comes in, he wants to go to work, and they all better call in and phone and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And he said, if you don't, I told you. Are you, are you walking with God this morning? Are you hearing his voice? If you do that, you'll, you'll make it. He'll bless you. He'll bless you. He'll take care of you. Don't think he's sleeping. Well, I'm talking about God. I'm talking about this powerful being that we call God. He's not, like I said, six foot three sitting on his throne and saying, waiting for you to mess up and hit you on the head with a stick. He's a, he, everything functions because of him. <laughs> he, there's, nothing, <laughs> there's nothing that's surprising him. He orders and orchestrates everything. To, from the biggest creation to the littlest cell in your body. Before I pray with you, I want you to get a minute. I, I was talking to some, I said, you know what a, a human cell is? A human cell represents a nucleus. Well, inside that, 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 that cell, you have an information station. Well, that cell is producing uh, proteins and protons, whatever. And they're actually sending information to the other parts of your body. Millions of cells in your body communicate with each other, sending information. I said, what was God, what was God thinking about? How, I said, how, who would have ever thought something like that? You can't live without those little cells communicating and sending information and proteins and whatever they send to each other. You ain't alive without that. You, all of them work. Now, that's where you get cancers and disease sometimes. When, when a mutation takes place and, and, and a, some cells get defected, you know what I'm saying? Produces cancer and stuff. Your body starts rejecting. That's why you have disease. When those things are not working right, it, it prones you to disease. But that's not the way God designed it. Because God designed everything. They say the DNA in your body, which makes up who you are, the information in that DNA can go back. In, it's no bigger than a, a drop on a, on a spoon, a, a in, in, on, on, in, in, <laughs> a little drop on the end of a spoon. Information that on that DNA can go back into the back to the moon five hundred times. That's just you. Information to make you. I tell people it takes information to make everything. God created everything. When we got a, uh, some idiots that go in there and say, "Oh, Big Bang made everything," well, where'd that come from? Well, it came from nothing. I said, "Well, how can nothing make it all?" How can not, no information make all the information? <laughs> you got to have information. God is information. God is great. God is powerful. He brings all of that. When you get on your knees, think about who, you, who, you, who you're praying to. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for this morning. Lord, I pray, God, this word would go out as we on the internet, Lord God, to through the internet, Father, I pray that the message would go out. When you speak, we should heed and not run. We should, we should listen and observe and do. Because only the Holy Spirit in us could give us the, the strength to obey you. Lord, this morning, I thank you that you're going to do a work in each one of us and that we're going to see you for who you are. Jesus' name.